It is July the 20th, 2014. This is 508 to show about Worcester. This is Federal Square. This is Brendan Melican. Hi, Brendan. Hey, how are you? I'm, I'm doing good. Today on the show, we're going to talk about signage in Worcester. Downtown Worcester. Do you see this sign that says Downtown Worcester right there? It says Downtown District. It says... <laughs> <laughs> let's cross, let's the, cross the street and then we'll keep talking. Let's not die. Signage is interesting. Anything involving the exteriors of things are interesting because what goes on inside our houses, you could argue, is just our own business. But when you're building something and you're putting it up in public, it doesn't affect everybody. It's important to let people know where you are, too. So we have these laws. So one exciting thing that's happening is that the city of Worcester is going gonna, is gonna to spend $3 million, $2 million from the state and a million from the city, not really relevant, $3 million in general, on this wayfinding project. This is the one piece of the wayfinding that's been built so far because the money hadn't all come through. We're gonna have these signs. We're gonna have uh, a whole bunch of stuff. And Brendan, you were saying that this is a long time coming. It is. I wish I could remember off the top of my head how long this has been going on, but it was at least, I mean, this started back when I was on the Cultural Commission, which has been a fair amount of time yeah. since I was there. And this was the first wayfinding marker that went up years ago. Uh, obviously, money was an issue in terms of getting the whole uh, initiative rolled out across the city. But this was going to be the model for what all of these wayfinding markers uh, spread across the city were going to look like. And this one is, I mean, it's spectacular. If you get up close, I mean, that, that's actual tile mosaic. So, so I got, yeah, I got some pluses and some minuses on this marker. The minus that I have is that I don't feel like this is particularly visible. Standing here at the bottom of it, it's pretty, you can at least, you can puzzle out that this is downtown district. It's tough in here, but I, I think when, if I'm not mistaken, when the lights are down, there's an uplight that goes in here. And then the, 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 the wording actually is much more visible when that yes. uplight hits yes. that uh, that opaque yes. mirror there. I'd say I'm just gonna say as an amateur sign designer, I'm gonna say my that again, my, my only concern here is that, like we shouldn't be discussing whether under some circumstances <laughs> the sign is more visible than others. I, so, I feel like visibility is the priority of a sign. Yes. Everything else is secondary. But we, this part this is we... a beautiful mosaic. This is by Susan Champany, local artist. It's amazing. It has all kinds of sweet stuff from the city. I mean like all four sides are different too, right? I mean it, I and I really love this kind of public art because we're right here across from the Hanover, right? So people are coming in from out of town, maybe to the courthouse, federal courthouse, maybe to the Hanover, maybe from somewhere else around here. They, they're they're, they're going to come across this intersection and then they're like, oh, look at this beautiful mural. Oh, what is this? Oh, this is uh, Worcester City Hall. Oh, that's cool. Oh, look, there's a smiley face. You know, the smiley face originated in Worcester. Oh, that's Last cool. Building, I'm going to guess this Here's is that it. tower. This is uh, the, the library. Yeah. Uh, we're here. I mean, we've got like a, a, a tribute to Robert Gardner. Robert Goddard we got on here. This is, again, why this is fun, because si we're sitting here puzzling out, like, the cathedral? what no, church is, is this? It's not the cathedral. No, is it the, uh, Notre Dame? Yeah, Notre Dame. No, because no. this is the new courthouse. This is the sky bridge around the St. Vincent's. Anyway, like, <laughs> this is why this is cool, because it's like, Winter, all of this stuff is like, stuff in Worcester, you know, the different seasons. It's just a cool, it's a cool Candleton conversation Bowling. Piece. Look at this. Candleton Bowling. This is totally a, a central mass, if not at the most New England thing, right? But I don't know what the three is on here. We have to ask Sue next time I see her. Anyway, this is a super fun thing, because it's a conversation piece. Oh, again, like, this is a place where like, you know what, you know who's gonna have a great time at this thing? is a dude is here with his girlfriend and he's gonna be all like oh did you know the spacesuit first spacesuit was partially built in Worcester yeah. it's gonna be a great place for people to brag out their Worcester knowledge challenge their Worcester knowledge this part of it I really like this is actually I believe where we are in Federal Square right sure in trolley cars which obviously haven't been here for a hundred years but it's pretty awesome that 
all of those tracks still run under the ground, so that, that's amazing. Do they, that they really? Squeeze, squeeze the ah, she knows everything that's going on at Susan Champney. More hearts because of our, our, uh, our uh, background as an uh, industrial valentine production pioneer. So some sort of futuristic uh, Back to the Future hot rod that results in hearts and love blasting human beings in outer space via heart bl balloons. So many know. hearts and so many smiley faces on this. You know, it's actually it's a cool piece of public art. I never thought be. about the fact that, 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 that both the Valentine heart and the smiley face both have serious places in our history. All roads lead to Worcester. That's such, so, much, so much happiness, though. So much yeah. raw happiness that came out of the city. Yeah. We, we, we didn't invent the rainbow or the unicorn, otherwise. We invented happiness, and then we embraced <laughs> the rest of the world's misery. <laughs> there you go. So, um... Major Brent, Taylor down the bottom there, I believe. Oh, Major Taylor. Major Taylor. Can you hold this for a second? Of course. I want to I wanna, I wanna break, break, break out the facts and the figures about this. So, Facts and figures. Yeah, no, so from is, this angle, yeah. like, with this lighting, that signage actually works out perfectly. From this angle, yeah. <laughs> 10 feet from you, it's totally invisible. <laughs> it's nonsense. But this, from over here, From this it's angle, great. it's just a great, it's just like the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> um, again, this is a question. So, I guess, I guess we, can, we should ask if this is worth $3 million. We're actually getting a ton of stuff for $3 million. Um, uh, we're putting up. I, I printed out this PowerPoint. This is and this is how much I care about this show. I blew out my uh, the last of my ink in my printer, as you can tell on this printout. We're gonna, there's going to be signs and things scattered all around the city. Um, there is going to be a ton of stuff. There's going to be 275 directional elements mm -hmm. and 24 art elements. So if we were pricing this per directional element, we're spending $11,000 per directional element. Or if we're pricing it for art element, $125,000 per art element. But they're actually, it's all, it's all together, so. And ultimately, this is what it comes down to, right? Because we're having a conversation about whether or not this is readable, this is meaningful, and, and tells someone who is looking to figure out their way around Worcester if this helps them or not, right? And I think there's a fair argument to be made as to whether or not this versus, say, that sign that was over your corner. I know what that means, right? I can see that sign. Can that I see it? Wait, me. wait, 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 wait. I can see it from this angle. I can see from over here. And there's no question that this is something that's valuable and needed in the city in terms of making your way throughout the cultural, uh, as various cultural aspects of the city. But there's no question that that sign does a better job of telling me what I need to do or what not to do in this case. Here's all I'm saying. I want to see a sign like this and I want to see art like this at the bottom of that sign. That's what I want to see. That's all I'm asking. It's a happy medium. We'll see what happens. So let me, if I can hand this back to you. Of course. We're going to have signs for eight districts, Canal, Downtown, Elm Park, Main South, Salisbury, Shrewsbury Street, South Worcester and Washington Square, and eight ways, Blackstone Way, Chandler Way, Grafton Way, Lincoln Way, Salisbury Way, West Boylston Way, Nine Way East and Nine Way West. Here is what these are going to look like scale-wise. We're going to have like, uh, like, so this is like this thing, I think. This is like an example of a district, a little district thing. Okay. This is going to be a way bigger one. These are going to be, I guess, on the ways, on the entrances to the city. Mm -hmm. These are called gateways. They're not a gateway. I mean, they're not what I want to, I want a gateway where it's like a big wrought iron thing with skulls and an angel <laughs> with a flaming sword. This has none of those elements. So I'm going to call no this a big sign, yeah. a big sign. It's very visible though, Worcester. Yeah. I think, I feel like just feng shui wise, it's great to have signs saying, this is Worcester, you know, deal with it. Sure. 
Um, yeah. And so, like, honestly, if, if, if somebody was saying, we need to spend a quarter of a million dollars to put signs to the borders of the city, I would be like, that's a good use of our money, no question. Like, we could use a quarter of a million dollars to change a lot of people's lives in a lot of ways. Hire teachers, police, w uh, help a little child, a dog maybe, whatever mm -hmm. you want to talk about, whatever, the, whatever we do. With our, I don't know what our city helping a dog budget is, but I'm sure we help a dog someplace in the city budget. I feel like having signs at the borders of the city is just a thing we're gonna we should have as a city, just like we should have parks, just like we should have, you know, fix the roads. And it's a it should be if it's done right, a, the sort of one-time investment that requires minimal uh, reinvestment for upkeep, right? Do like this has been here of, for a while. This has been here for like five five years, four years at so, least. Yeah, sure. Do you do you remember back in the day? Because I, I couldn't find this just in this PowerPoint. What the maintenance cost is going to be on this all this stuff? No, but I can't. I also can't tell you the last time I saw somebody coming down here regrouting or somebody. You know, somebody. This little piece fell out, and that's the only damage I can see on this. Over by the number three. Yeah. That little piece fell out, which is not a big deal. And otherwise, it looks really in really good shape for having yeah. been here for four years. Um, actually, and actually, they didn't have this white, this silvery thing in the middle here originally, so it was like way, way less visible for the first couple of years. I, every single person I've ever brought this up to, except for Susan Champany, designer of this mural has been like, what are you talking about? When I'm like, hey, they're gonna do a wayfinding thing. You know that like that downtown marker by Federal Square, people are like. But you know, this is also, I think there's an argument to be made too, even if you go beyond the wayfinding, the signage aspect of it, that this is the kind of subtle public art that actually goes a long way in terms of your mileage per cost, right? Like downtown Boston, the financial district in particular, yeah. is full of, so right behind this, that green utility box, if that was in the financial district of downtown Boston, that would have been painted by a local artist, yeah. and then down in the bottom right-hand corner, signed by former Mayor Menino uh, to give his blessing as this being a, an official piece of public art. Yeah. It's the sort of thing that you, you barely even notice when you're walking around, unless you're really walking around looking at the neighborhoods and realizing, wow, like there's little personal touches all over the place. This is exactly that, right? Like the city of Worcester invited an artist in to take a piece of cobblestone uh, parkway and turn it into a piece of public art. And whether or not it's attached to a bigger project is almost irrelevant. This is something that somebody at some point in time is going to notice and it's going to put a smile on their face and actually add something to downtown Worcester that otherwise would not have been here. And that is, that's kind of a great thing. That It really does kind of engage the public on a level that's almost subconscious, if you will. I do like the public art aspect. I can understand if somebody was going to say, like, okay, honestly, we don't have a lot of tourists. There are not a ton of people every year coming to Worcester being like, Boy, I wish I could go to the Salisbury district for their sure. famous Salisbury steak restaurants or whatever's in the Salisbury district. There's nobody like that. But there are people in the city like us, people who work at the courthouse, people who go to the Hanover, the, our, our friends, the judges and marshals over here, who walk by this thing occasionally and their life is enhanced by being here. Slightly, yes. And Slight, I, and very I think there's slightly. A, there's a long-term value to that that's actually meaningful as opposed to just having that sign which is perfect. It that tells sign you, is helpful for safety, but not for enhancing our life it otherwise. It does nothing in terms of local aesthetics. Yeah. There you go. Um, we should point out there's a ton of other stuff that's going to be in here. So if, we, if you want to hold this, <laughs> hold this story for our fancy computer graphic. <laughs> you know, this is the, you know how on CNN a lot of times they'll have, they'll just, instead of having a graphic, the camera will film uh, 
a screen with the graphic. It's like a hollow like, deck. Like there would be like a computer screen next to you, and that's where the graphic would be. And it's just like as a weird aesthetic choice. We need choice. to figure out a way to turn that checks cash, <laughs> cash loans uh, sign into some sort of CNN style hollow deck, so we can have all of your data being beamed up there. This is a similar time. thing. Instead of showing this graphic on the screen, we're going to show this graphic on a piece of paper that you're holding. <laughs> there's other stuff like these. These are not very highlighted here, but uh, you know, there's there's other sorts of street signs and district signage and guide guidance. Uh, provided by these. So again, this isn't just for tourists. Mm -hmm. This is hopefully for people who live in the city or who live near the city who are coming in and looking for yeah. stuff. Um, Three million dollars seems like a lot of money. I really would like to have like, I feel like on this show we need to have like one joke rule of thumb item budget-wise. Because like whenever Obama came to Worcester, what did it cost us? Like $600,000 or sure. something for that visit? And and there was articles in the paper and people complaining like, why are we spending $600,000 for the president to come here and give a talk at a high school? But there's so many ridiculous things we spend a lot of money on in this city every year. Right. I just didn't feel like I don't have like, like what is like the classic good or bad thing that we spend money on I don't, I don't have know. a joke for you for that one but I mean like when you, if you're going to use the president as an example I think the answer to that is if you have $600,000 in a municipal budget it's not like there's a municipal piggy bank that it goes into if you don't have something to spend it on so the $600,000 is going to be spent anyways if you can spend it on something that gives your city profile like bringing the president to town that probably in the long term has more value than just spending it on new manhole covers or whatever the case may be there's a million uh, there's obviously no end to things that you could spend money on in terms of a municipal budget but there are only so many opportunities in any lifetime to actually spend them on things that are going to give your city some degree of profile well anyway i i, I asked for a, a rule of thumb item just because i'm sort of i'm sort of feeling like having these having this art is a good idea Having some signage is a good idea. Having some big signs at the border of the city are a good idea. Having a sign that says Salisbury District is stupid, but whatever. Having a bunch of sign that says the Salisbury District that you can't read is stupid, but whatever. Like, my question is just sort of like, how much do I want this to, how much is it reasonable for the city to spend on signs? Like, somebody could say, we shouldn't have any signs deal with it yeah or we should have whatever signs the federal and state government mandate us to have but on the municipal level we should have no signage i don't i'm not going to go with that idea yeah, but you could make the same argument like you point out the hanover right behind us so you could very easily have turned around and said you know we don't need the nice uh, hanover theater sign out front or the banners hanging off the side we could have reinvested that on the interior of the building or for flyers for programming coming up or what have you but that clearly adds something to the streetscape that is uh, almost an incalculable sort of uh, benefit to the overall project at hand. Let me tell you, the cost of the Hanover is a whole other ball, we'll get, yeah. ball of worms or we'll a ball someday. of monkeys or something. I but when you see that one. place full, it's pretty impressive. Let's walk down the street and look, right. look at another sign. And we can talk about something while we're walking down the street. Let's find a good for lease sign. <laughs> you, know, you know, talking about the president being here reminds me of like I feel like kind of the mo one of the one of the funner underreported stories of our of our hiatus this spring was uh, our good friend and a friend of the show Bill Coleman mm -hmm. asking the city if we would put a plaque on the high school to commemorate Obama giving a speech there. I don't think that that's reasonable, but I'm glad that Bill's out there yeah, throwing so his ideas Bill out. Is there throwing his ideas around, seeing what will stick, and probably for the betterment of humanity, very little does.
I know what we can talk about. We can talk about a similarly fun uh, item that's in the city council agenda this week, which is brought by, uh, I'm gonna call, presume to call her our friend, uh, Kate Toomey. Mm -hmm. yeah. one, of my, one of my oldest Facebook friends, absolutely. And sometime up here on this show, so Councilor Kate Toomey this week has an agenda on the city council uh, agenda, has an item which is uh, asking for clarification from the law department about private party use of tweaked versions of the city's seal with the intent that the resultant icon is that of the city indicating endorsement or property of the municipality. Uh, which means asking the law department, can basically like, can the city sue people who use the city seal as like the symbol of their business or something like that? Sure. Like our friend and friend of the show, Nicole Postula, uh, you know, has a city seal involving a lot of barbed wire mm -hmm. uh, on her blog. Yep. Um, is it okay for her to do that? That's what Kate Toomey is asking. That's uh, a great question. I don't, is yeah. it okay for her to do that? I'm, I've always been curious about, you know, it, it's come up, it seems to come up more frequently in terms of um, uh, things that are actual like language, like uh, say a constitution or whatever the case may be, whether or not it can be co-opted and used for private purposes. Um, and then you oftentimes have uh, government turn around and say, well, no, we actually own this. Yeah, the yeah. government owns this thing. Right. Like, I mean, who, who owns the city seal? Does the city and city council own it? Does, is the city actually a thing or is it a representation you know, of the, the body as a whole, the citizens, the residency as a whole? I'm sure that on, I don't know this on, for a fact on the federal level, but I mean, like we all know, for example, that we could use uh, an American flag for our business. Did you know it actually, you can't? You can't? Uh, don't people use it all the time? The federal flag code actually mandates that you don't use uh, flags for things like clothing or merchandising at all. Um, Abby Hoffman famously, yeah. I feel like, was the, was the big trendsetter there because before Abby Hoffman, basically the idea of like putting a flag on clothing was like people considered to be treason and would beat you up. Abby Hoffman made these shirts that had a flag on them. All of those things that you buy that are like flag t-shirts or flag pants or flag thongs, these whatever the case may be, these are all a federal fence, but the flag code doesn't actually carry any penalties Wait, to there's it. there's a dog illegally in the park. I'm not going to show the owners. There's, the, the flag code doesn't actually carry any penalties to it, specifically because any penalties attached to violating the flag code would be a violation of First Amendment rights which would be counterintuitive to the entirety of the flag code to begin with, but you have a set of, of orders that are in place uh, simply as a sign of respect. So there are things that you can and cannot, cannot do with the flag. Merchant, turning it into merchandise is one of those things. So turning it into merchandise is, the, is, is kind of like flying the flag um, in the rain. Sure, right? or, or burning the flag for or that matter. Burning the flag. But it's also one of those things that there are no, no penalties attached to, which has been upheld by in numerous court cases. Or, or hold on, flying the flag unilluminated at night, <laughs> city of Worcester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should be brought down, shouldn't they? Well, you know, I know. I mean, again, like neither of us is a, is a lawyer, thank God. Um, I thank know goodness. that. I know that federal. It would be awful if we were let's, both lawyers. Let's go around this way here. I know that like everything created by the federal government is in the public domain. Yeah. Um, but I would have to think that, like, maybe you could use a flag on stuff, but you couldn't use, like, the seal of the president or, like, the seal of the state department How about this? stuff, could you? Can I do that? I don't know. Can I? Is the, is the border of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts open to be uh, used publicly? You know, I, I, I actually have asked this, a law department a similar question and never got an answer. Uh, <laughs> where I asked them, um, could they give me an opinion as to whether or not 
the publicly broadcast with public money videos of the city council meetings are something that the city considers to be in the public domain mm -hmm. and thus something that you could put on YouTube or whatever with no questions or are they something that the city of Worcester actually would try to assert uh, a copyright over um, I think that the city employees I talked to felt like that they wanted to assert copyright over it but obviously it was something to ask the law department about the law department refused to ever answer this question so we, we're at least going to find out if the law department wants to assert any kind of ownership over the city seal. I'll be perfectly honest with you. If you have any business in the city of Worcester that is doing not only doing business in the city of Worcester, but takes enough pride in the city of Worcester to use the city's seal or some variation thereof as part of their logo, criticizing <laughs> that business seems to be uh, missing the point entirely in terms of your economic development program for the city. I there, mean, there, there's some sort of smoke shop. I'm trying to think who uses the city seal besides Nicole Pasta. The only some kind of smoke shop, shop. Is, uh, is, is actually an e-cigarette place that I've done a lot of business at, um, Worcester City Vapors up uh -huh. on West Boylston Street. Great business. If you're looking to quit smoking, they're your place right across from uh, Quincy Goodman Community College. Uh -huh. Definitely the place to check out. Uh, but they use a version of the city seal as part of their logo. It's really not, though. I mean, it's it's... It's their name inside of what looks just like the, the wreath and uh, olive branch part of the, um, the city seal. I wish we had an image. Maybe people should drive down uh, whatever street Yeah, right street across from Quincy, you can, you can check the place out. But I mean, again, it's, it's, the place is called Worcester City Vapors. They're proud to be in Worcester. They're doing business in Worcester. Uh, criticizing them because you might not be a fan of the business itself or what they're selling seems to be missing the point entirely in terms of economic development. But that's just my take. This is cool, Brandon. This is really cool. Boy, I don't bet people can't see it. So there's a lot of work that's happening on the common in, in part, I mean, here we are walking across Front Street. I think we're jaywalking. We are, we are absolutely jaywalking. Gosh. We're probably gonna get hit by a car on the show. People who, people who hate me are gonna be so happy. Uh, as part of this, the city, we're putting the, this weird- Can you get over the fence to, so it's not a- This weird up? wall along the edge of the common. Um, but it's got the word Worcester, Worcester Common in like giant granite letters. This is what, I, by the way, this to me could be a gateway. How's that water bottle get over there? Uh, probably somebody who's working put that water bottle over there. Um, maybe, can we get out? Can we get through this fence? No. If we were smart. Oh, we could go through that way, I bet you. Yeah. Now it's blocked off too. Uh, it's all gated in. But it looks excellent. It's very similar to uh, the signage that's over at Institute Park um, that again is, is probably bigger than necessary, but it's a great identifier for where you are. I mean, if you were to come, be coming into the city of Worcester for the first time in, say, 10 years, coming uh, down Shrewsbury Street or off 290. Maybe you come in on a train or a bus and you get a cab down here. In this whole section of the city, these roads didn't exist last time you came into the city. And you're driving here and you're asking the cab driver, where am I? And suddenly, granite, Stonehenge-like thing says, Worcester Common. It's perfect. It's exactly what you need to tell people where they are. Let's, go, it, let's go around the front side of City Hall. While we're you know, and that's one of those things, too, that you know we're not Boston Common or uh, you know the public gardens in Boston where they've remained mostly untouched for a couple hundred years. Our common has gone through some pretty significant changes from a cemetery to a public grazing area to the backside of City Hall. This is probably the best work that's been done down here in actually making sure that people understand where they are in terms of uh, the city geography as a whole. I want to look at the sign on the front of City Hall too, just while we're, while we're talking about all this stuff. I want to not die, if you don't mind. Here we are. You know the last time we were down here together, Mike? What's that? I believe it was for uh, Occupy, <laughs> Occupy Worcester. Occupy Worcester. <laughs> the last time we were hanging out, hanging out on the side of the common. Ah, 
But they're also doing a great job on top of the signage in terms of widening the uh, the sidewalks. Uh, you know, the, the the pedestrian walkways down here are the best I think they've been in decades. Uh, I, probably since the last big round of uh, development down here being the Galleria uh, or the Common Outlet Mall uh, was completed. There's a lot of changes there. It does make it a lot more positive to be a pedestrian. Like there's all these, these are bollards, right? All of these metal posts down through here and these they actually chains. They to be attached to the ground now too. If I don't remember that was probably one of our first shows was pointing out that these bollards were not actually attached initially and you could just knock them over and roll them out into the street. Well now there's a bunch of chains here basically to keep, I guess, what's just drunken pedestrians from accidentally wandering into the street. Well, yeah, no, but it, but it's, they're, they're, I think they're reinventing a streetscape that probably is reminiscent of what the area looked like uh, back in the 50s before a lot of the development down here was done to cut off uh, the downtown area from the east side of the city. There's these benches. There's a whole bunch of new benches in through here. Nice benches, too. They, you know, they are, I mean, they're, they all, they have all those anti-sleep provisions on them, but nonetheless, they're really nice, uh, nice looking benches. Um, we're gonna go look at this this signage on the front of City Hall, though. I'm still, I don't know. I realize that a big part of me is very conservative, and everything new is bad. Uh, <laughs> is my gut feeling? But at least the things that are new are reminiscent of, uh, from an aesthetic perspective, an older, a, a, a bygone era, right? I mean, we're... I I can support this because this is a tremendously physically ugly city, yeah. and we we I'm glad to see us taking big steps forward and trying like making some areas look nice. I think that's one of the things that um, it, it's hard to, to put a finger on today, but I think 20, 30 years down the road, uh, if there's a comparison to be made between Worcester and Boston, one of the things that people will recognize about Boston years from now is that Tom Menino as mayor took a very heavy hand in, term of, in terms of architecture. Uh, and when it came to uh, greenlighting new projects, really went above and beyond to ensure that a new project would fit an existing neighborhood in a way that was contemporary without overshadowing the existing architecture that in many cases had been there since revolutionary times. You know, um, and that's that's a really tough thing to do, right? I mean, just take a, a neighborhood that may have been third story buildings from 200, 300 years ago uh, and fill them in with a 50-foot foot, uh, skyscraper, or a 100-story uh, skyscraper that um, clearly had not been there uh, 200, 300 years ago. I want to look at this sign which says City Hall up here. That's pretty new. That's part of this whole new renovation, right? Yeah. Well, the, the, the lettering, at least. The first time I saw City that... City Hall has been here for a while. I was taken aback, and I was, part of me felt like... It just sort of makes like us look like something at a mall. But on the other hand, it's nice for people to know what this building is. No, no downside to that at all. It's not terrible lettering. All of this stuff, like there used to be, you know, these these bus stops and things, and uh, they pulled them out, and now they've like added in this like much more usable benching benches and seating out here, making use of existing spaces. Yeah, it integrates the stuff well. Um, you the whole know, plaza area is great. I mean, front and back, they've done some really nice work uh, tightening up existing spaces. Uh, they're all ADA compliant in terms of being able accessible by wheelchairs and whatnot, but also by skateboards. By skate, also by skateboarders. I'm sure that the city council, whoever uh, sees this from uh, the city council, is gonna be infuriated. They're that, gonna put uh, the, they're gonna put those little metal things here. <laughs> they are now. That they know that they know kids are having fun here. Got no fun allowed at city hall. Uh, only uh, only despair.
Um, but no, I mean, they're doing a great job of actually tightening up existing spaces that have been around for seemingly forever uh, and keeping them both contemporary and usable um, at the same time, which is no easy task. You know, Brendan, sometimes Worcester, sometimes Worcester drives me crazy, but fundamentally I love Worcester. How can you not? <laughs> How can you not? Really? I can respect someone who didn't love Worcester, but personally I love Worcester. Yeah, I see, no, I see nothing <laughs> wrong here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, from the spot where the Declaration of Independence was read on, I can't even see the date, it's on, on July the 14th, 1776. This is a 508 show. Brendan Melican, Michael Benedetti. You can email us at pieandcoffee at gmail.com. From the city of Worcester, America's skating capital, a hearty salute. Have a good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>